Oasis of Wisdom Bible Church, the church of a distant Christian This year again, we are continuing with that same verse of the scripture. 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse what? Echo it very well. Verse 16. Verse 16. Uh, yes, will somebody help us to recite it? A young brother did that for us last Wednesday. It has become a memory verse. First Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. Do I have somebody to help us do that this evening? Say it from memory. First Timothy 3, 16. Yes, you want me to call names? Names are already flying in my mind. Don't pray that you are not the person I will call. So people are refusing to look up now. <laughs> to avoid eye contact with me. Somebody like somebody whose name starts with letter M. Amen. Our God is good. Amen. Somebody whose name starts with letter B is trying to say, Pastor, you know I wasn't around last Wednesday. Amen. Hallelujah. Our God is good. Brother Stephen wants to help us. Okay. Somebody's prayer is answered. I didn't call her. Without controversy, great is the mystery of God. God was manifest in the flesh, justified by the Spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed in the old world, and received up into glory. Hallelujah. Can we celebrate grace in the life of our brother? Is somebody helping us to project? Okay. All right. Okay, can we all turn to 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16? Uh, Sister Blessing, you will need to do something very fast. You are in the media, isn't it? Okay, brother Zenith is back to school. So... Uh, we need somebody to. Huh? Not now, not now. Maybe subsequent. Uh, I'm not sure you have a gadget here. Aha. Uh -huh. So, from next Wednesday, ensure that we have access to the screen. Is that okay? All right. The Lord bless you. Amen. Amen. So, 1 Timothy 3.16. Uh, Phenomy, why is your amen? <laughs> that energetic. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right. Are you there? Okay. Can we read together? One to go. Hallelujah. So, all along, we have taken our time to look at what exactly does this verse imply. And our conclusion is that. This verse is the summary of everything called Christian faith. That's our conclusion. It's the summary of everything called Christian faith. If you are asked to present the definition, the import, the essence, the core, all right, the central message, the central belief leading 
to what is called the Christian lifestyle. Okay? That is it. In that one verse. Are we together? That's the summary of the Christian faith. So when we talk about Jesus coming into the world, we call about, come talk about Jesus doing his ministry, going to the cross, die, resurrect, talking about his commissioning, the great commission, that we should go into the whole world and preach the gospel, talk about, okay, how to live here on earth as the light of the heart, as the salt of the heart, how to replicate Christ's ministry, what even the disciples did after Jesus Christ left, okay? Talk about all the letters that Paul Apostle wrote and writing about the second coming of the Lord. Talk about the experience of John at the highland of Patmos where he saw revelation of things in the past, things in his present, and things to happen in the future. Talk about the end of the world. Everything is summarized in this verse. Are we together? So, if you don't know if you are not going to, any, to heaven with any verse of the Bible, <laughs> hallelujah, you must know this verse. Are we together? So from this evening, those of you that have not committed it to memory, please make sure that between now and Wednesday, you make it uh, uh, one of the word of God stored in your heart. It's a summary of the Christian faith. Are we together? Alright. And we took time to analyze and we identify six clear, point-blank statements that summarizes the Christian faith from that verse. And they are put in places that you can easily remember. They are like outline, okay? That you cannot develop each of the items to make a whole book of what the Christian faith is all about. Are we together? And at the end of the day, what is the goal? The goal is that you and I will live a lifestyle that is called godliness. Living like God. A God-like kind of lifestyle. That's the essence of it. So, the question is now, how is it possible for somebody to live godly, to attain godliness. How is it possible? And we establish very clearly that for the people of the world, alright, is a tall order. It's impossible to live righteous, to live godly. So for you to be rich, you must cut corners. If you do business, you must bribe to get contracts. Okay? If you do business, you must cheat to do what? To make it, to maximize profit. Within the space of the last one week, look at what is happening in Nigeria. Look at what is happening in the country. Alright? Agitation for youths to be, to be recognized, to be given position of authority, political position and stuff like that. Look at what is unfolding. Somebody became a minister of the Federal Republic of Nigeria within six months. And look at the mess that we see all, all around. Yes, she's still under investigation. Are we together? But that she could come even close to this kind of a mess, all right, should give us a very huge concern. That is what it is out there in the world. People believe that it is impossible to make a good life without being 
are dubious without manipulation that you can easily make it in life. Are we together? But that is not the scripture. The scripture is clear. Right? Godliness with contentment is what? A great gain. So people want great gain. As far as the Bible is concerned, great gain only comes when godliness meets with contentment. But for people outside the world, okay, great gain comes by what? Ungodliness with untamable desire to have all. To have everything to yourself. And therefore, okay, it must come through unrighteous means. Through cutting of corners. So for the people of the world, it is normal to cut corners. It's like, hello, things to destroy God. Right? Inside there are impossible. That's what how is possible. When it comes to this matter of godliness, there is no confession. Indeed, we confess is the mystery of our religion. KJV says without controversy. Do you have any other translation? How does it? Beyond all about it, beyond any question, beyond whatever zero question. That question is what is zero. Are we together? Anything that the Bible saying value of it is what is zero. What other translation do we have? This this Christian life is a great mystery. Great mystery. Far exceeding our understanding. Far exceeding our understanding. But some things are clear enough. But some things are clear enough. <laughs> Hallelujah. But some things are what? Clear enough. What are those things that are clear enough? He appeared in a human body. He appeared in human body. Was proved, yeah. was proved right by the individual by invisible spirit. Was proved by invisible spirit. That's the only thing. Was seen by angels. Was seen by angels. Was proclaimed among all kinds of people. He was proclaimed among all kinds of people. Believed in all over the world. Believed in all over the Taking up into heavenly glory. Taking up into heavenly glory. Hallelujah. So some things are clear enough. You may not understand why it is possible for a young man to live a clean life without messing himself up with women. You may not understand why it is possible for a young woman not to mess herself up with men and still make a good living. Are we together? Right? But one thing is clear enough. So, so, certain things are clear enough. And those are the things that have been enumerated. So the power the, that makes it possible for those people to live a life that aligns with the will of God are embedded in the knowledge of those things that are clear enough. So one of those things that are clear enough is that Jesus Christ appear in human flesh. In human body. And because he appeared in the human body, we took our time. That was what we took our time to examine all the month of uh, December. Jesus appearing in human body. Okay? Divinity, okay? 
coming down, stepping down into humanity. And because divinity stepped down into humanity, all right, he lived in human flesh and overcome all manner of temptations such that we are also exposed to. So telling us that it is possible to be human and still live a godly lifestyle. We confirmed that several days in several scriptures. Alright? He was subjected to all manner of pain. He was subjected to the kind of joy, excitement, happiness that we are also exposed to in social life. He went to social events. He attended social events. He attended family events. Okay? He attended religious events. He appeared before political powers and leaders of his days. Hello? He was subjected to all manner of questioning and temptation. He was tried by the devil. He was tried by human agents of darkness. Yet, he, was, he lived without sin. So, Jesus demonstrated to us that in human flesh, it is possible to live godly. Are we together? So, that we took our time to trash very well uh, uh, last December. This uh, um, year, and this month, last Wednesday, we picked the second item. And the second item is what has to do with the transformative power of the Holy Spirit. So the first one was the incarnation. Hum divinity stepping down into humanity. And without divinity stepping down into humanity, you and I have no salvation. Okay? We are saved because Christ decided to come in human flesh, alright, to deal with the matter of sin die on the cross and resurrect to give us salvation. Are we together? Alright, so while he, he, uh, while he was there, there's another aspect, alright, to his life, which was mentioned in the second item of those things that are clear enough. That is, there was a testimony by the Holy Spirit about him. So, with what the subtopic for last week was what? Vindicated by the Spirit. The main theme that we have been discussing all along is the mystery of godliness. The mystery of godliness. So last Wednesday, we ventured into the second item, which is titled Vindicated by the Spirit. It was justified by the Spirit. And last Wednesday, we took our time to explain what it means to, um, to be vindicated what it means to be vindicated. We took time to explain that. Then we, we went on to look at um, the necessity for the vindication. Why was it necessary that Jesus be vindicated? Having looked at the, the, having looked at the integrity of that vindication, of that justification, you remember that we tried to look at if somebody needs to be vindicated. The person's, the vindication of that person will be determined, the quality of the vindication will be determined by the quality of the vindicator. You remember? And we gave an illustration of students who had issues in school, alright? And one was being defended by the registrar of the school, another being defended by his classmates. Now, who do you think will get vindicated? The one that is being defended by the registrar of the school or the one that is being defended by his classmates 
who is even talking to the authority pompously, which one will get vindicated? The one, of course, that is being defended by the registrar of the school. Why? Because of the status. Because of the integrity. Okay? Of the person that is defending him. That is justifying him. Are we together? So, the quality of the vindicator, okay, rubs off on the quality of the vindication that the person gets. So, here, the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, is the one testifying, the one justifying, the one vindicating Jesus Christ. Was vindicated by the Spirit. In other words, he was defended, okay, by the Spirit. He was justified by the Spirit. It was, um, uh, was validated. Those are our definitions of vindication last week. To get a validation. To get a proof. To get authenticated. Okay, what's the power behind the authenticity of Jesus Christ? Behind his validation. Who is validating him? Who is approving of him? That yes, this person qualifies to grant salvation to the world. Right? It is the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit. So, uh, looking at the necessity for his vindication last Wednesday, we tried to look at why was it necessary. And we pointed out about three issues. That number one, the nature of his coming. Okay? Coming in the flesh. God coming in the flesh. Demanded or required that the Holy Spirit should validate him. Number two reason is the circumstances of his birth. birth. The virgin birth. Somebody who was not married just got a protruded tummy. And before you know what happened, gave birth. Alright? The man who was pledged to marry him was also very disturbed and wanted to drop the idea altogether. But by the power of the Holy Spirit, God sending angels to him to okay, summon the courage and carry it on. So the circumstances of his birth demanded cause for his vindication. There is a need for him to be vindicated, to be validated because of the circumstances of his birth. And the circumstances of his birth became necessary. Why? Because no man must contribute to his birth. Alright? For him to be fully God and fully man here. Are we together? Then we also looked at the third um, issue, which is the implication of his appearance in the flesh. And what is the implication of it? The implication of his appearance in the flesh is the state of sinlessness. So coming in the flesh, alright, he has to live a sinless life. So there is a need for him to be, to be validated as God in the flesh, yet without sin. Are we together? Then we move on to look at the kind of um, uh, insults that is definitely received. Okay, that proves to us that there was the necessity for him to be vindicated or validated. And we looked at about three points. We saw his divinity was abused. There was an abuse on his divinity. And the devil did that in Matthew chapter 4. His divinity was strongly abused. The devil appealed to his divinity for him to walk against his father. Turn stone to bread if you are the son of God. If you are the son of God, jump from... So, the devil was, was abusing his divinity. Alright? Was abusing his divinity. If you are the son of God, jump from the pinnacle of the temple. The angel, he has commanded his angel. He has given them 
uh, a command to bear you on their hands so that you will not dash your foot against the stone. But Jesus Christ gave him back accordingly and correspondingly. Then um, we also saw that his divinity was doubted by people. His divinity was strongly doubted even from members of his family. His divinity was doubted by the religious leaders of his days. His divinity was doubted by the political leaders of, uh, of his days. Then thirdly, his divinity was mocked. And this became very clear from what happened on the cross. Luke chapter 23 verse uh, about 39. One of the terrible, notorious criminals said, if you are the son of God, save yourself and save us too. That was a mockery of his divinity. That was a mockery of his divinity. So put all of this together, it became necessary that war that he gets a validation. Okay? He gets a what? A validation. He gets a, 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 a validation. He, get, he gets an authentication. And right in God's agenda, before the devil even came, God already packaged a validation for him. Matthew chapter 4, the devil came to do what? To assault his divinity. To abuse his divinity. Are we together? But chapter 3, the last verses of chapter 3, leading to that chapter 4, God had already done what? Validated. The Holy Spirit had already vindicated him. Okay? This is what? My, my beloved son, in whom I am well and it was that that the devil picked on in chapter 4 and said if you are the son of God amen so God in his wisdom in his sovereignty is smarter and faster than the devil no matter what the devil thinks is orchestrating so I always have this at the back of your mind even when you are facing trials and challenges that before the arrival of these trials and challenges Okay, God, who is faster, who is smarter, who is wiser than the devil, had actually arranged a window of escape. Had already packaged a victory step for me. All you need to do in that moment is one, not succumb to the devil. Two, be sensitive to the spirit. I say, God, in the midst of all these nonsense and troubles and pains and trial and confusion, what are you saying? You will see the window. You will see the escape. You will see the victory that God has packaged ahead of the appearance of the devil. Except you are not sensitive enough in the spirit. So God is, in his sovereignty, is wiser, is smarter, and faster, and he moves ahead of the devil. So before the devil appears to begin to abuse the divinity of Christ, he already go ahead and package a public presentation of the validation of his sonship. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Then we also try to see what were the, implica are the implications of um, uh, those issues for us as Christians. What are the implications of them for us as Christians? I will encourage you to meet the media uh, for those of you that missed that teaching uh, to get uh, possibly the audio. I believe it was recorded. All right, so as to keep abreast with other aspects of last Wednesday's uh, teaching. But this is how far we have gone uh, so far, dissecting and trusting the Holy Spirit again to help us this night to move forward. 
So this evening, we are still continuing on the validation by the Spirit. The validation by the Spirit. The validation of Christ by the Holy Spirit. And what uh, we will be picking from this angle this evening, we would like to see biblical passages or Bible passages that shed light on how the Holy Spirit played a role in vindicating or confirming the identity and mission of Jesus Christ. We want to examine some biblical passages that shed light on how the Holy Spirit played a role in vindicating or confirming the identity and mission of Jesus Christ. And our attention is first and foremost drawn to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. I will want somebody to help us to read verses 39 to 45. Luke chapter 1, verses 39 to 45. Okay. Start again. Okay. I rose in those days and went into the hill country with haste into a city of Judah and entered into the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. And she spake out with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And whence is this to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in mine ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. And blessed is she that believed, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. Hallelujah. Wow. What can you see from this scripture? Is somebody seeing something from this scripture? Or you want us to read again? Maybe one person should help us to read again. Okay, as you also follow through. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country, to a city of Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greetings of Mary, the babe lived in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted unto me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the voice of your greetings came to my ears, the babe in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. So has somebody seen something in this scripture? Yes. What are you seeing in this scripture? Who is the visitor in that text? Who is Mary? The mother of Jesus. Who is the, who is the receiver of the visitor? Elizabeth. Who is Elizabeth? Huh? The mother of John the Baptist. Okay, what happened when Mary greeted Elizabeth? 
Eh? John the Baptist lived inside her. Okay? Then, what did Elizabeth say? It was, it was, she was filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh-huh. Then, what did she say? Okay? Blessed are thou among all women. Who was she saying that to? Mary. Okay? And blessed is what? The fruit of thy womb. Who is the fruit of the womb? Jesus. Okay? Then, what else did she say? That she was favored to have received the mother of our, our Lord. Who is our Lord? Wow. The baby that has not been born. Okay? The baby that has not been born. Then what else did she say again? Okay? Leap for joy. Uh-huh. said to her. Okay. That she now said, blessed is Mary. Okay. Okay. For what? For she believed that there's going to be a performance of what God has said to her. Where was Elizabeth when God spoke to Mary? In the same city? She was not there. She was not there. She was not there. Alright? As the baby in the womb of uh, uh, how old was the baby in the womb of uh, Elizabeth? Six months. So how old was the baby in the womb of uh, Mary? She has conceived. Maybe one month. Maybe one week. <laughs> Amen. It... Maybe that day. Maybe it was that. It was that day. All right. The Bible actually did not specify, but it must have fallen. It must, have, it must have happened almost about the time that Mary conceived and the, and the matter of controversy started about the baby in her womb. Alright? But one thing we knew is that there is a six month gap between Jesus and John the Baptist. We'll go back to see where that is mentioned. The preceding verses indicated that. Are we together? But something is coming out very clear here. There is the role that the Holy Spirit played right from conception to validate Jesus Christ. To authenticate Jesus Christ. Okay? To prove that Jesus is the Son of God. To prove that Jesus is the Savior of the world. So, in this text, we find a lot of significance in this text. Number one is that the baby in the womb of uh, Elizabeth did what? 
leap for joy. The baby in Elizabeth's womb, that is John the Baptist, is filled with the Holy Spirit and leaps up for joy upon Mary's greetings. This is an extraordinary event in the manifestation of the Holy Spirit's activity even before the birth of Jesus and John. It's an extraordinary what? Event. A, it was a supernatural event. There was a connection between the baby in, in the womb of Elizabeth and the baby in the womb of Mary. There was a witness. Alright? Mary, uh, Elizabeth had been receiving visitors. Okay? Had been receiving visitors. But this visitor was a different visitor. This visitor was a unique visitor. So immediately, she heard the voice of Mary's greeting. Something happened. The Holy Spirit came upon her. She was filled with the Holy Spirit, including the baby inside her womb. And there was an extraordinary movement. The baby was six months old inside her womb. That was not the first time the baby will move in her womb. But this movement was different. Are we together? And it could only be traced to extraordinary response, to an extraordinary presence. There was an extraordinary presence that day that ignited an extraordinary movement in a womb. And she felt convinced that this is what? This is the Holy Spirit at work. Are we together? Are we together? Now, how can we relate this to our life? How does this apply to us? How many times have you have you um, related with somebody or about to start a relationship with somebody? It could be a friendship. It could be a possible conjugal relationship. And you felt very strongly in your spirit that something is wrong somewhere. You felt very strongly that something is wrong somewhere. You are just not comfortable. There is no connection. There is no agreement. You don't have a release of the spirit. You felt very, very strongly persuaded. You may not be able to lay your hands on it, fix it, that this is where the issue is. But you are just not comfortable. Yet, you still force yourself on, to go on with that friendship and relationship. And at the end of the day, you got your fingers burnt. Has it ever happened to you before? Hello? Has it ever happened to you before? Do you have a witness in the house who have had such experience before? Maybe yours may even be a business relationship. But at the entry point, something from within you was not at peace. You don't have a, a, a peace of mind. You don't have that serenity in your mind or around you. You felt something is just strange about what you're about to do. But yet, you still push yourself forward. God bless you, my sister. Raise it very well, my brother. We, we are not going to ask you to tell us the details. Just raise your hand very well. Raise it, raise it. 
Madam, raise it. Mommy, beji. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. At the end of the day, you got your fingers burnt. Are we together? But look at what happened here. There was an agreement in the spirit. Immediately, Mary said the greeting. The Holy Ghost came upon Elizabeth. And there was a connection beyond woman to woman. But connection between the two babies in the womb. The two of them are carrying baby, unusual babies whose destinies are connected. Most at times, we enter into friendship, okay, with people whose destiny are corrosive to your own destiny. What they are carrying, okay, is actually a poison to what you are carrying. Yet, you push yourself forward. Probably because of the packaging. Probably because of what surrounds the circumstances that brought you together. Or probably because of the pressure of the moment. There is no connection. Yes, they were cousins. Mary and Elizabeth were cousins. Okay? And, the, and Mary went to visit. We'll go back to that. Alright? Who do you go to when there are issues? Alright? She went. And immediately she... And it's also going to be the first time also that Mary will be visiting Elizabeth. But this time, this visitation is different. Something has changed. Mary was already carrying something. Elizabeth was also already carrying something. And the circumstances of what they are carrying is also miraculous. A woman who has gone past menopause confirmed medically that she can no longer be a baby. All right? That was Elizabeth. And suddenly, a miracle happened. She conceived. A virgin who had never met a man in her life. A miracle happened. Suddenly, she was conceived. And the two of them were conceiving babies that have a connection about the salvation of mankind. Destiny, destiny. Positive destinies. Alright? So, there was going to be what? A joy. A celebration. Okay? The moment the Holy Spirit came upon John, there was a connection. That, yeah! That is the man I have come to forum. I am coming to the world ahead of him. But not because I am older than him. By calendar age, I am older than him. Okay? But by spiritual assignment, he is my Lord sending me ahead of him. Are we together? They were carrying babies in their womb. So many of us, we carry great destiny. You carry great visions. You carry great grace. Alright? But you need partners to accompany with as you move on. But along the line, you come across partners. You enter all kinds of ships. Alright? They come in form of friendship. They come in terms of companionship. They come in forms of relationship, all right? They come in form of comradeship. Are we together? And you enter the wrong ship. 
carrying poisons to the great destinies and vision that you are carrying. In this case, it was a marriage of perfect suitors, perfect fellows. The fellowship was actually the sheep of like-minded fellows. Are we together? That's what we find there. But we have examples in the scriptures of people with great destiny. And along the line, they came across friends. They entered into friendship. They entered into relationships that were corrosive and hazardous to the great things that they carry. And along the line, they got their fingers burnt. Let's see a few examples. And the point is that at the entry point, there is always a check. But for one reason or the other, they push themselves on and never okay, give attention to what the Lord is calling their attention to. Let's turn our Bibles to First Kings chapter 22. First Kings chapter 22. As we read, pay close attention in the spirit of what God is telling us. And uh, you may be able to give us some contributions or what we're learning from uh, this story. First Kings chapter 22. Are we there? All right. Uh, let's take it from verse 1. It would have been good that we go back to previous um, chapter, but I, I, I believe that the Holy Spirit will help us to connect from verse 1. Who is helping us to read? A very good, smooth, fast reader. Okay. And it came to pass in the third year that Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, came down to the king of Israel. Jehoshaphat, the king of what? Judah. Judah. Came down to where? The king of Israel. Came to the king of Israel. Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, came down to the, king of to the king of Israel. What is the connecting point? Eh? Royalty. What's the connecting point? King to king. Hello? King to king. Sometimes you may look alike, but in terms of of content, destiny, and destination. Hello, my brothers and my sisters. Come on. You are miles apart. You are what? Miles apart. So, king of Judah, king of Israel, royalty brought them together. Let's read on. And the king of Israel said unto his servants, Know ye that Ramoth in Gilead is ours, and we be still, and take it not out of the hand of the king of Syria. And he said unto Jehoshaphat, Will thou go with me to battle to Ramoth Gilead? And Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, I am as thou art, my people as, their peop as thy people, my horses as thy horses. God bless you. Why was it that it was on the day that Jehoshaphat came to visit? 
that he was discussing the matter of going to war. Then, why did he not allow him, even if he discussed it, why did he not allow the man to return back to his own base and let him prosecute his business by himself? But he got him incorporated into the warfare. Okay? He advertised the war to him. And what was the response of the, of, uh, the king of Judah? I am as thou art. I am the same as you are. My people as thy people. My people are your people. My horses as thy horses. My horses are your horses. And Jehoshaphat said unto the king of Israel, Enquire, I pray thee, Aha, that's at, the, point. That's at the, the word of the Lord today. Then the king of Israel gathered the prophets Listen, together. Listen, hold on, God bless you. What did Jehoshaphat say? Something in him, something in him tell him that this contract, this business, there's something wrong about it. He had already answered. Oh, my people, I am as thou art. I am the same as you are. You are king, I am king. I am your friend, you are my friend. You are my, my father-in-law, I am your in-law. Okay? My, my horsemen, they are all yours. He has signed the contract. Everything he said, okay, is what? Signing the contract. Signed the partnership. He has signed the dotted line. He has committed himself. Committed his uh, uh, artillery. Committed his arsenal. Committed his weapons of war. Committed the entire people of Judah. To do what? To join the king of Israel to go and fight the enemies of the king of Israel. The moment he finished signing, something in him checked him. Something is wrong about this that you have just signed. There's something wrong. There was a check. Something was not connecting. What he was carrying, the baby he was carrying, the destiny he was carrying, does not agree with what Ahab was carrying. So, how did we know? Read that verse 5 again. And Jehoshaphat said unto the king of Israel, Enquire, I pray thee, at the word of the Lord today. Enquire, I pray thee, at the word of the Lord today. The way I understood this scripture is that the Lord had actually convinced him that this, this uh, business is wrong. So he needed, instead of him to take his decision, he now, he now went um, diplomatic about it and was now looking for a confirmation that King Ahab confirmed from the Lord. Let's hear what God is saying. About, instead of him to say, this is what God is saying about this. Enquire. I don't have a release in my spirit that we should go ahead with this. Or that I should go ahead with you in this matter. Read on. Then the king of Israel gathered the prophets together, about 400 men, and said unto them, Shall I go against Ramoth Gilead to battle, or shall I forbear? And they said, Go up, 
for the Lord shall deliver it into the hand of the king. And Jehoshaphat said, Is there not here a prophet of the Lord besides that we might inquire of him? Hello? Okay, what, what are you saying? Did you talk? Amen. Amen. 400 prophets said, Go. But within him, he was not convinced. So he went diplomatic and said, he wants to really get that conviction, get conviction as a thing. So he said, is there no other prophet in you? Is there any other prophet? 400 prophets spoke. Go. He said, he was one that canceled that thing. That asked, then he gathered 400 prophets. And 400 prophets spoke. And all of them were saying the same thing. Yet, what Ahab was carrying inside of him, the baby in him was not leaping for joy. It doesn't matter how many prophets said go. As long as the spirit of the Lord inside of him is not saying go, he remains in bondage. He remains what? In bondage. Because he couldn't declare that position. I said, this is what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. So, there was that skepticism. He wasn't sure. 400. One, two, three. Now, let's, let's, let's look at it. Let's look at how long it will take 400 prophets. Even if it is if, if, what they are, if what each of them is saying is one sentence. King Ahab, my Lord is saying, go. One. King Ahab, my Lord is saying, go. Two. How long will it take 400 prophets to prophesy? And they are prophets. And they were not prophesying in chorus. Are we together? Yes, they were not prophesying in chorus. It was not a team prophecy. That all, uh, uh, that is, okay, uh, uh, King Ahab now said, all of you, get said. One, two, three, go, prophesy. And all of them, hello? So this one prophesied. He wasn't convinced. That was the same. This one prophesied. He wasn't convinced. That one prophesied. He wasn't convinced. One, two, they brought 400 and the guy, nothing was leaping for joy. Nothing that each of those prophets said was connecting with the destiny he carried, with the assignment of his life, with God's dealing with him. None of those things, hello, actually authenticates the dealings of God with him, the operations of God with him, the vision that God had given to him, the goals and his pursuit in life as a king. None of those things aligned, okay, with the word of God, with the mind of God that he knows. You to know as you are seated. Check again. That this friendship, look at your list of friends. You know which one. Anytime he comes, something, you feel deflated. I feel like you can do that in one year. Eh? You, you have her as your 
you call her fancy that uh, possibly you get married. But every time she visits eh, and she leaves, you feel guilty. Because of because of what she lures you to do. Because of what he lures you to do. You feel that something your life is being emptied. Are we together? Sometimes you are in a relationship and when you hear the name of the person, fear comes. Instead of joy, to well up inside of you, fear comes. Hey! You're not sure. Are we together? That was what happened. 400 though. After 400, what did he say? And Jehoshaphat said, Is there not here a prophet of the Lord beside? Is there not yet a prophet of the Lord beside? That so, from, you, you see, what else was he looking for? Because he has a walking with God, a dealing with God to the point that 400 prophets could prophesy and he could pick all of them to be false prophets. So, a man who has a walking with God a dealing with God that without going home to sleep and take counsel from anybody, without going to visit his pastor, okay, to narrate the story to his pastor and the pastor interpreting the whole scenario, himself by himself had grown in a world with God to the point that he could pick out 400 false prophets in one encounter. Ah, he's a prophet of prophets. But unfortunately, he didn't know the worth of what he carries. Read on. And the king of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat, There is yet one man. There is yet one man. Micaiah, the son of Imla. Micaiah, the son of Imla. By whom we may inquire of the Lord. We can ask of the Lord from him. But I hate him. But what? I hate him. I hate him. What did uh, what happened eventually? For he does not prophesy good concerning me, uh -huh. but evil. Uh -huh. And Jehoshaphat said, "Let not the king say so." Then the king of Israel called and let not the king say so. Immediately he heard the king said that he knew the connection started. The connection he was looking for started. King, don't say so. Don't say that uh, you hate him. Don't say that he doesn't say anything good about you. Are we together? Yes, sir. He, he knew from his walking with God that these ones are 400 Luther, and they are prophesied and I could pick that they are fake. Now, he was able to size Ahab also up by what he said, that I hate the other one. He doesn't prophesy good about me. So the ones he had advanced, they are the ones that used to say good about him. Definitely. That other one is the true prophet. So what happened? Then the king of Israel called an officer and said, Hasten either Micaiah the son of Imla. And the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat the king of Judah sat each on his throne having put on their robes in a void place in the entrance of the gate of Samaria. And all the prophets prophesied before them. And Zedekiah the son made him horns of iron. And he said, Thus saith the Lord, With this shalt thou push the Syrians until thou have consumed them. 
And all the prophets prophesied so, saying, Go up to Ramoth Gilead and prosper. All the prophets were telling, Go and prosper. You will win the war. You will win the battle. You will get the contract. You will live a good life. You will live a great life. You will live a successful life. Your name will be great. Your name will be mighty. The whole world will worship you. For the Lord shall deliver it into the king's hand. And Not the to men... Lied against God. Read on. Okay. And the messenger that was going to call Micaiah spake unto him, saying, Behold now, the words of the prophets declare good unto the king with one mouth. Let thy word, I pray thee, be like the word of one of them, and speak that which is good. An advisor of a prophet. A self-appointed advisor of the prophet. Because he knew his masters. He knew that his master does not like Micaiah. And he has heard what other prophets have prophesied. He said, all 400 have prophesied this way. When you get there, make sure that your own prophecy also is tailored to agree. Read on. And Micaiah said, As the Lord liveth, what the Lord saith unto me, that will I speak. So he came to the king, and the king said unto him, Micaiah, shall we go against Ramoth Gilead to battle, or shall we forbear? And he answered him, Go and prosper, for the Lord shall deliver it into the hand of the king. And the king said unto him, How many times shall I adjure thee, that thou tell me nothing but that which is true in the name of the Lord? <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Even, even the, the king himself knows what is right. Knows there are some people, they know what is right, but they will, they will deliberately walk against what is right. How many times have I told you that you should always tell me? He knew him. He knew that there is no time this guy will not say what is the mind of God. He knew inside himself that these other ones are just there to get what they will eat. They will get, they are there to get what? So, hello, what is actually looking out for in life is spiritual manipulators. People that can use their spiritual power to conjure and manipulate things in the spirit in his favor. That, that was the interest of Ahab. So that's why he had those 400 prophets, okay, that he pays to, 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 to manipulate things in the spirit in his favor. Are we together? So they are more or less like magicians okay that manipulate nature okay to get a result that is desirable to them but when it comes to the reality so it is that level of spiritual wickedness and manipulation that, he, that um, Jehoshaphat cannot stand why he said now, look this thing is not living I know when it is God I know when the relationship is right. I know when it is correct. There is no connection. Alright? There is no connection. And it demanded for a prophet that will actually say the mind of God. Read on. And he said, I saw all Israel scattered upon the uh -huh. hills. That is 
That is the prophet now saying the mind of God. As sheep that have not a shepherd. And the Lord said, These have no master. Let them return every man to his house in peace. And the king of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat, Did I not tell thee that he would prophesy no good concerning me, but evil? Read on. And he said, Hear thou therefore the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne, and heard the host of heaven standing by him on his right hand and on his left. And the Lord said, Who shall persuade Ahab that he may go up and fall at Ramogiliad? He did not, this prophet did not only say the mind of God, he was so anointed that God gave him a peep into the realm of the spirit to see the source of the prophecy of the 400 prophets that were deceiving Ahab. Read on. And one, of, and one said on this manner, and another said on that manner. And there came forth a spirit and stood before the Lord and said, I will persuade him. And the Lord said unto him, Wherewith? And he said, I will go forth, and I will be a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. And he said, Thou shalt persuade him, and prevail also. Go forth and do so. Now therefore, behold, the Lord hath put a lying spirit in the mouth of all these thy prophets, and the Lord hath spoken evil concerning thee. But Zedekiah the son of Chinana went near and Look smote what Micaiah here. on the cheek. Read, read that again. But Zedekiah the son of Chinana went Who was near one of the 400 prophets. prophets. Uh -huh. And smote Micaiah on the cheek. Went to the right prophet and did what? And gave him a dirty slap. Wow. And said, Which way went the spirit of the Lord from me to speak unto thee? And Micaiah said, Behold, thou shalt see in that day when thou shalt go into an inner chamber to hide thyself. And the king of Israel said, Take Micaiah and carry him back unto Ammon, the governor of the city, and to Joash, the king's son, and say, Thus said the king, Put this fellow in the prison and feed him with bread of affliction. Feed him with, with what? Bread, of, bread affliction, of affliction. And with water of affliction. And with water of affliction. Until I come in peace. Until I come in peace. That's King Ahab, whom Jehoshaphat is trying to do partnership with. Picking up the prophet of the Lord and say, put him in prison. Feed him with bread of affliction. In other words, subject him to torture until I return from this battle. Read on. And Micaiah said, if thou return at all in peace, the Lord hath not spoken by me. And he said, Hacking, O people, every one of you. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, went up to Ramoth Gilead. And the king of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat, I will disguise myself. And now, pay attention. After all of this, what do you expect Jehoshaphat to do? Oh, he should not follow him. He should not follow Ahab. But what happened? He followed. It's, you see, something in him was telling him that this is wrong. He took the step to challenge the king, or to advise the king to seek counsel from the law. 400 prophets. He wasn't convinced. Look for one more. 
that one gave exactly what made the baby inside him to do what? To leap. For he silenced the leaping baby. And did what? You see, many a times we don't lack the voice of God. We don't lack the voice of God. The voice of God is available. We are the ones that turn deaf ears to the voice of God. We allow our desire to speak louder than the voice of God. You see, when, when your passion is not tame, when your desire is not tame, like the verse of the scripture that we, we cited the other time when we started and was illustrating with what's happening now, godliness with contentment is great what? Is great gain. But when our definition of gain okay, is becoming louder than godliness, eh? our own definition of uh, gain is louder than godliness. Hello? It overshadows the voice of God. Your desire, your definition of success, of greatness, of who the right thing, the right person, the right business, hello, becomes louder, more bogus, more bigger, okay, than the voice of God. So it overshadows. It isn't that God is not speaking. It is you that is not hearing God. You are hearing yourself. So we all agree that at that point, Joseph has to do what? Eh? She will resign from the contract he signed. He has signed it already. I am like you are. My people are your people. My horses are your horses. My battlemen are your battlemen. The whole of my people are your... He signed it. But that baby in him was not leaping for joy. Yet, he went ahead. Let's now read on what happened. We will come of, to you, Rachel. And the king of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat, I will disguise myself and enter into the battle. I will disguise myself and enter into the battle. But put thou on thy robes. You put on your robe as and, what? As king. Aha. Uh -huh. And the king of Israel disguised himself. And went into the battle. The king of Israel disguised himself and went into the battle. Joseph had standing as what? King. As the king in his full regalia. But the king of Syria commanded his thirty and two captains that had rule over his chariot, saying, Fight neither with small nor great, save only with the king of Israel. And it came to pass. <laughs> When the captains of the chariot saw Jehoshaphat, that they said, Surely it is the king of Israel. And they turned aside to fight against him. And Jehoshaphat cried out. Read it very well. And they turned aside to fight against him. They turned aside to fight against him. Mm -hmm. And Jehoshaphat cried out. And cry, he cried out. And it came to pass. When the captains of the chariots perceived that it was not the king of Israel, that they turned back from pursuing him. And a certain man drew a bow at a venture and smote the king of Israel between the joints of the harness. Wherefore he said unto the driver of his chariot, Turn thine hand and carry me out of the host, for I am wounded. And the battle increased that day, and the king was stayed up in his chariot against the Syrians and died at even. God bless you. 
what did you think saved Jehoshaphat from that venture? What? What do you think saved Jehoshaphat from that venture? Huh? Mercy. Mercy. I want you to think deeper. Reflect back to where we are coming from. Yes, his mercy, I agree with you. His grace, I agree with you. Yes? What is inside of him? What is inside of him? No. He cried out. Yes, he cried. Oh, his relationship with God. At that point, what he gave relationship with Elohim? He was conscious of what Micaiah had said. He was conscious of what Micaiah said. Yes. So he was his mind was not, he was still afraid. It, you are close to it, boy. Hit it. He, God was just out to honor the words of his prophet Micaiah. That you said they should fill me with bread of affliction if you go to that battle and you return. God has not spoken to, through me. That was not God. That was what saved him. Hello? He disguised himself, entered into battle. He dressed Jehoshaphat as what? As a king. The instruction of the enemy, the leader of the enemy, the other king, is that don't fight any other person, fight the king. And here is somebody in the robe of the king. Hello? And one person saw, and ah, I don't know how to bam, end of the battle. To go and meet Micaiah. I have gone to battle, I have returned. What saved Joseph at that day? was that God was out to honor the words of his prophets. Sir? That Ahab should die, not, not any other. Remember where we are coming from? That we enter into relationships. We enter into friendship, into comradeship into partnership. You are carrying a destiny. And at the entry point, something what to carry is not leaping for joy. To connect with the person you are, you, are, you, are, you are about to partner with. There is a check. Yet you push yourself forward into it. You push yourself into somebody that is carrying a corrosive destiny. Somebody that is carrying an abusive destiny. Somebody that is carrying a poison to your own destiny. That was who Ahab was to Jehoshaphat in this business, in this venture. He would have died neatly. Okay? But for God who came to honor the words of his prophets. That in this battle you are going, you won't return. If you return, God has not spoken to him.
come tonight. I want to plead with us. Like I said, God is always available to speak. Most often than not, we are the one that talk, turn deaf ears to the voice of God. Or we allow the noise of our desire, of what we want to achieve, of the person we want to please, to be louder than the voice of God. So when Mary saluted Elizabeth, the baby inside Elizabeth leaped for joy. There was that connection. There was that synergy. Destiny, positive destiny met positive destiny. And there was that assurance that there is a partnership here. There was a conviction here. There was a vindication here. At that point, the Holy Spirit vindicated Mary. It has it, it was a it was it had become a family problem. It had become a, a, a social stigma. You are not married, Otiboyu. Joseph Joseph settled. Yet, but people were not convinced. Are we together? People were not what? Were not convinced. It was a problem in the hand of Mary. How do we handle this? at that point, the Bible said, the baby in Mary's leaped for joy. And she was filled with the Holy Spirit and she spoke. He blessed Mary as the mother of her Lord. Okay? The mother of my Lord had come to visit me. And not only that, she moved forward to say, you are blessed for believing that what has been said to you will be fulfilled. We believe you'll be blessed by the ministry of this message. You will do well to be the doer of all you've heard. For further inquiry and spiritual help, contact this number 080-356858-82 or worship with us at Oasis of Wisdom Bible Church, adjacent University of Ilorin, Teaching Hospital, Okelsey Ilorin. God bless you.